Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show, where today I'm joined by a lady who I'm not allowed to call her Danielle unless she's in trouble. <laughs> so, Danny Atkins. Now, Danny is the Vice President of Global Brand and Creative at Kodak. So, Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Carl. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Danny, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, yeah, well, I mean, as you can tell by my look, I pretty much grew up on a beach in Cornwall. My dad um, was a surfer and a filmmaker and a music promoter. Um, so I spent most of my summers travelling around in the camper van showing surf movies on film um, that, that was the only then, the only way to watch um, to, to watch surf films. Um, and yeah, and, and seeing my dad on stage with the Sex Pistols, who he actually put on in Penzance in wow. the 1980s. Wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, let, let, me stop, let me stop Let me stop. you there. Why, why did you go into the court for Wales? <laughs> I'm sure you'll come to that later, but it's a rhetorical question. Why? Yeah, well, I think he inspired me to, um, he always had this phrase, pin your colours to the mask, which I think has been a really great business lesson for me. So, you know, he said to me sort of, you know, uh, set out your aspirations and work towards them. So he's been a really inspirational figure in my in my life. And I think that I bring a lot of that kind of like bohemian energy to my jobs and to my roles. And I think that's why I went into the creative sector rather Fantastic. than kind of like core, hardcore corporate. Excellent. So, so tell us about your journey so far. Yeah, so, well, I, I kind of started my career um, in uh, the digital um, boom in the mid-90s, finished okay. my degree from, I got a degree from UCL, um, and I, I wound up um, to working on um, some of the first internet projects in, in the UK. Um, I worked for an agency that became um, part of LBI eventually, um, but, you know, I did early interactive digital TV, wireless application protocol, if any of you remember that old yes. thing. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, e-commerce um, trials for brands like Marks & Spencer. Um, I worked on National State. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different um, brands that I worked agency side for initially. Um, and then I pivoted to go client side. Um, okay. And, you know, my journey has been quite, you know, my, my skills that's been quite broad. I've I've um, done broadcast production in TV. I've done massive events. I was heavily involved in a lot of well, my team and the agency I work for were heavily involved in a lot of the city dressing for the London 2012 Olympics. Sure. Um, so we did things like put the Olympic rings on Tower Bridge, which you know was interesting, not Fantastic. least because it was a massive engineering project, but yes. also because. Um, you know, that's obviously a um, a grade one listed um, building. Um, so there's a lot of rules around it. And then sort of thirdly, it became kind of the icon almost of like a lot of the media footage. So I did that. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've subsequently I've worked um, uh, in uh, Be- uh, for Beats by Dre. OK. Um, I ran marketing in Europe, Middle East and Africa for them um, prior to the acquisition by Apple. Um, and now I'm at Kodak. Fantastic. And I've got to say, what a wonderful job you're doing. So the listeners won't be able to see this. um, But Danny handed me what I would like to call a business card. (laughs) But it actually, it it looks for all intents and purposes as a um, strip of film that I remember from the old days. (laughs) So that's amazing. So um, Kodak, an interesting business, maybe not as modern and funky as Beats by Dre. 
<laughs> well, I think um, that may have been true um, four years ago when I mm. first joined um, the brand. Um, you know, and, and I, I have a I have a great slide that listeners can't see, but I'm very happy to share um, that that shows sort of where the brand was visually when I joined the company. And initially, my job when I first started was to help refresh the brand and sure. work as part of the um, the the brand transformation team. You know, obviously, I've subsequently moved into different roles and am now chief brand and marketing officer. But initially, it was about kind of taking that once iconic brand um, and breathing fresh life into it mm. um, as part of that turnaround team. Um, and you know, we we as a, because we were in turnaround, we had limited budgets, which, in my opinion, is great for marketers because yes. it makes you super creative. And I can talk a little bit more about kind of the journey that we've been on. Um, but but I, I mean. Kodak um, invented the digital camera. Yes. Um, literally invented the digital camera, and you know, met many of the um, a lot of the IP that's associated with up and download of image to the internet. You know, is 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 is, is basically work that was was created and developed by Kodak. Um, so I, I think it's a bit of a myth that Kodak missed mm. digital revolution. Um, and I think the brand itself um, is just an incredibly energetic, optimistic, positive brand, which you know, we all need a bit of these days. We do, um, we do. And, and, and very much about light and color and science and technology. Um, and those are kind of the, you know, th those are really some of the sort of themes that we've been bringing um, to life Fantastic. over the past few years. I think I should add that um, we, you know, we, we identified the trend in analog, you know, vinyl is a good example that many people listening will know, but also in all things analog, so um, instant print, um, you know, uh, stranger things, there's a kind of a modern nostalgia and we as a brand, as part of our brand regeneration, have been kind of capitalising on that and actually you'd be surprised that the majority of my now kind of 450,000 strong Instagram following are young, um, young kind of under 25s, who are shooting analog film and experiencing the wow. magic of analog for the first time. Fantastic. So well, I would love to talk about that journey more, um, but I'm going to start by asking you um, for your perspective on what, what is brand? What, what makes a strong brand? Oh, it's such a great question. Okay, so for me, I think um, brand is as much about the experience um, as it is about like you know, it's 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 everything really. It's the way that you communicate. It's the way that you behave as an organisation. It's um, it, it you know, it's the way that people experience your products, um, your brand kind of at point of sale, at you know, customer care or not. I mean, it's all it's 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 complete. It's all inextricably linked for me. So you can't for me, you can't just put it down to one thing. I think what's interesting is that people do and do, do get passionate about brands. Um, and obviously Beats by, by Dre was a great example of creating a real tribe and an energy around a product that was kind of fairly similar mm. um, to everyone else's, d differentiated by the people and the team leading it, I sure. think. Um, but very, very, very much a kind of visual statement that by putting on those big colorful headphones, you were part of like a tribe of people. Yes. Um, and I think, um, so for me, there's something about um, uh, the way that people relate to brands. I think, you know, there's a real, for me, there's, there's a, it's a bit of a dichotomy because now what's happening is you're getting people who are not brand kind of loyal and are very focused on price and just want the lowest price product. Sure. There's also kind of communities of people who want 
um, to understand the provenance and and I'm, and, I'm, and are very interested in in kind of sustainability and 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 so there's there's the, you know, there's there's it's a big theme there yes um, and and then you know then there's the sort of brand that you identify with and you want to be seen with because it's you know kind of like fast some of the fast fashion brands or um, even luxury brands are doing a good job of it like Gucci and Supreme yes. and those types of things so I think what's kind of interesting is that the landscape of brands really changing from certainly when I was younger. And I, I spend a lot of time with young people mm. and it's really interesting how they interact with brands and how they feel. You know, music's a really good category to, to talk about. And obviously sure. I'm, you know, it's, re- it's relative to my experience at Beats. But um, you know, I remember personally getting my pocket money and rushing down to um, Woolworths or something and to, to buy a single or an album or an LP. Um, and that was, you know, that whole, that was a really exciting experience. Yeah. And, and you collect it. Whereas, you know, my, my sons, for example, who just about forgiven me for leaving Beats by Dre um, and going to a brand they at that time hadn't heard of, um, have never bought music. They stream it. So it's uh, so I think what you know you sort of answer is a long-winded way of answering your question. I think the landscape of brands are changing, and brands need to change with it. Definitely. Um, and I think a lot of it is about community and identifying with products and 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 you know themes that resonate with things that are important to you. Which is why I talked about the analog renaissance, as we call it. But it's this sort of slightly nostalgic. Um, interest that the the sort of the Gen Z and and have in the the, the old what happened days. what happened before <laughs> yes, yes exactly where and you see that coming out in content like Stranger Things there's lots of shows that sort of have that sort of 1970s uh, Mad Men they have that 90 they have the vintage aesthetic sure um, but the reality of living in the 1970s for like someone bought brought up in the, like in the 2000 it's going to be pretty harsh. Yes. <laughs> but they do find, you know, there is a certain magic, certainly with um, products like Kodak, you know, Kodak's product, where you don't see what you've got immediately. Mm. And so that experience of anticipation, we've sort of lost because we live in this immediacy and this kind of delth, of deluge. I, I think de- delth of kind of, um, not beauty, but, but, but you'd have like that one picture out of a pack of 36 that yes. was absolutely beaut whereas you know you shoot 36 then you've got like 2 million on your phone and you don't look and at most them and of them are, are screenshots of yeah. A, yeah exactly and I think so there's something about the kind of the process the slow the go slow process mm. and I think you see that from a brand perspective in you know gins and beers and like you know vinyl and all these different kind of lifestyle there's a whole lifestyle culture that's come that's sort of grown up around sort of like more of an analog and a slower process and I think that you know certainly for us that's one space that we're working in but you know we're, we, we, we've, we've, we've obviously and you opened the show by sort of asking you by, by meant by sort of Kodak and modernization and you know we, we you know as a brand as the leader of the brand, owner of the brand I need to balance that so whilst you know that, that I can leverage our authenticity in analog we also have a, a whole um, suite of portfolio uh, portfolio products that, that that are more digital, um, and so our brand needs to stretch. And obviously, mm. we also have um, commercial print, which is eighty percent of our business. So, you know, and there's a lot of innovation in digital printing that our company is you know working on. That's you know very much aligned with our heritage and imaging. But you know, you you know, you ask the thing about brand. You have to be able to create a brand that works for everyone. Absolutely, and that's really and hard. And it's, fasc- <laughs> it's fascinating to hear this, um, particularly as someone who's you know, I, I'm certainly not a branding expert. Um, I'm a sucker for brands, but I'm not a branding expert. And at times, 
it can appear that branding is just a case of a posh logo and a bit of colouring in. But actually, <laughs> as you're talking about it, I can clearly see two challenges. The first is that brand clearly covers pretty much every department of a business, or certainly every touch point of a business, customer experience and so on. But also the interesting shift in the generations as we're coming into um, a generation of people who, as, as you've said, they, um, they grew up swiping on a phone. You know, they they grew up streaming music rather than actually going and purchasing it and so on. And it must be a real challenge to um, to take what is a heritage brand and bring it up to where you are today. So so what did you do, Danny? <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, do you know what? I think we talked about the trend of um, of, of, of sort of for, for, for sort of 90 streetwear. And yeah. we were ahead of that game um, when I first came and joined the company about four years ago. We did a, a collab. I took some of the beats brand thinking. We did a lot of collaborating with other brands to create bars really um and so in that context it was fat you know so we we worked with opening ceremony and we created a collection that ended up you know involved spike jones and 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 there were sort of four or five capsule drops and that really helped us pivot almost the brand into a completely new space so we were never a clothing brand no um ever but now we have a significant uh, uh, you know portfolio of products in that category and it's it's ever growing and i think you know that, that that for me i was very deliberate in terms of the way that we leveraged heritage so we leveraged it specifically by kind of looking at our old um brand marks and packaging and so we you know for example later on the opening you know later on we, we were able to kind of pull the NASCAR sponsorship that we did in the 1980s, sure. which inspired this massive collection with, you know, kind of several hundred SKUs and 600 stores that w- was done by the brand licensing team with um, Forever 21. And that's very much, you know, aimed at a super young audience. Um, and, you know, the brand was quite aspirational. And, you know, l- like like a lot of that f- sort of fashion, fast fashion, it, it you know, had limited drop. If that makes sense. Yes. Oh, it, it, we unfortunately. To, yeah. Un- unfortunately, being somebody who um, who wakes up, gets woken up by the sneakers app, and and ha- has to type in before the robots get there, I know exactly what limited drop means. Yes. It so, usually means you don't end up getting it. Well, yes, exactly. And and um, and and so so you know, a, a huge amount of buzz online for for that collection. And so so it, you know that that's a really good example of how we've we've driven relevancy with a much younger demographic in a category that we were never in before by leveraging our heritage. Sure. Um, but as I said, I was very kind of intentional about not overplaying heritage in the rest of the brand. So if you look at um, the content that we create, it's it's very um, contemporary and punchy, although we... Lev- we you know, so for me, the other important part is storytelling and narrative. Um, and there's a, ever, there's a lot of content out there. So if you want to put something out, it's got to be really good mm. and it's got to relate to the audience. So I can give you a very specific example of something that we did um, around a, collect, a collaboration we did with Girlscape, who are um, a, 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 a See what that does what it says on the tin. Um, a, a skateboard company, um, but we 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 essentially um, took our Super Eight um, brand marks, created a collection with them. Uh, you know, it was an, uh, you know, we we provided some design inspiration. Um, they created a series of decks, T-shirts, um, wheels. I mean, you name it. And then we worked with them to create a piece of content on our new Super Eight camera. Um, uh, you know, and, and and that content was released. Um, on Thrasher and saw sort of 500,000 views in the first few weeks. So you get a sense of how what we're doing is we're leveraging um, passion, 
people's passions and, and using, energy as well yeah yeah and energy it would be a pet passion energy and what you see is you, know, you talked about the younger generation and uh, you know who, who perhaps hadn't ever experienced color but they 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 are the ones that are shooting film and, mm. and you know particularly when you take something like skateboarding which is a real passion or film which is a passion or you know you look at those things and if you you've not got a big budget to throw at it then you need to kind of build your own audience so that you can communicate to that audience and that's really what we've been doing a lot of um, at, at Kodak, but that, but that's that's one that you know, in, that's one kind of element of it. The other element of it is developing this incredibly sophisticated design language that works both for a consumer and uh, you know our business business mm. business. I mean, I I think the word B two B is about it is quite outdated. And yes. I get challenged on this a lot, but my personal opinion is that everyone, it's it, you know, you all it, it, it's it's old fashioned to think that because I'm communicating a commercial that I have to act like in a different way. You're gonna you're gonna say my favourite saying, aren't you? <laughs> but business is no longer B to B or B to C, it's H to H, human to human. Human to human, people yes. to people. I say people to people, but yes, human to human, people to people. And that for me I think is really important. And so we've had to find and I think especially so, sorry to cut in, no. but especially nowadays when you know what, we can wake up we don't see anybody during the day. Uh, we could, rather than going to the pictures, we will watch Netflix. Rather than going out to a restaurant, we'll get a delivery or whatever. Actually, the world has changed so much. We need that human contact in business. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's why I started when you asked me about brand. It's experience. And when I say experience, I mean, like, how does the brand, how do you you know, touch and feel it for the brand, whether that's in a retail environment, a show environment, or um, the product experience, sure. the out-of-box experience. And that, yeah, it's all about experience and, and, and relationship. And so we've we've worked really hard as a team to create a new graphic design language um, that is modern and contemporary, that leverages all of the, um, all of the great things of our you know of the of the company's past um like the the yellow and red i mean it's so mm. iconic we brought that back that had been taken Fantastic. away in 2001 i think or seven i can't remember um exactly but that that had been stripped away and so we brought a lot of that kind of energy and color back to the brand basically um someone once wrote the you know, meet the woman bringing the color back to kodak which to me was one of the flat most flattering things anyone could say but it's true it, it, it uh, but 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 what we did was we worked and then we now have a really really strong very contemporary graphic design language and we use a lot of animation but we were very much about kind of the creative and the creator and talking to the, 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 them as an audience and so it was important to me that you know if you differentiated us from say Apple or Adobe or anyone else all, all our icons that you see in our illustration and in, in, in our user interface are hand drawn so you've got a kind of human element wow. to it so rather than it feeling kind of very sort of you know kind of te te it, it, what it's doing is it's reflecting the experience of film if that makes sense I, so it completely kind of pulling does that, that in but not but not executing it in a way that is like so the heritage has a very confined um space in in where we're pivoting into new categories like um fashion and there are a couple of other really exciting ones um and and then and then you know we, we but, but we actually on our, our content and our design language and all of that those elements of the brand um, and in fact the brand experience it shows is very contemporary and modern and I think that's important and bold too. A absolutely so this is fascinating Danny and I've got a few different angles I want to take this down um, but for, let, let's let's start with um, the first one so the, the transformation journey um, how was it you know what, what challenges did you come up in trying to 
to turn what is actually quite a heavy ship and move it into a, a, a slightly fresher, more energetic direction? Uh, well, I think I was lucky in that the um, the, the the CEO that I work for um, believed really passionately in the brand. He was a massive supporter of film, um, and so um, you know, even within a context of quite a kind of like you say, stuffy corporate environment, um, he he um, he 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 worked with me to land the brand in a way that worked um, well both internally and externally. Sure. Um, and you know, every any 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 brand director or CMO who comes in and changes the design icon, the logo of a of a of a, of a well known brand, risks the wrath of the design community. Yes. Um, and so I think we were very sensitive um, with what we did, um, and we worked with um, a, 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 the majority of the work that we do. We do. I do. My team do in house. I have a okay. big in house creative team, and a lot of the output is done creatively, and certainly a, a lot of the deliverables. But where we come to, so th- for me, this is the more modern way of approaching marketing. Um, the old school way was like, I'm the client. I write a brief. I lob it over the cliff to an agency. It comes back. Yes. We debate. They do it all. Tell me. That's not the way it works in my world anyway. Sure. Anymore. It certainly wasn't like that at Beats, and um, it's not like that at Kodak. Um, and so we, um, but we do where we come up against something very spe- spe- so specialized, like logo design, work with a specialist agency. So Got it. we worked with that with that agency. And I think for me, one of my biggest challenges was just getting alignment to launch the new identity. Sure. Um, and 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 you know, as I said, fortunately, I had a CEO, um, Jeff Clark, who was very supportive of of the work that we were doing, and really wanted that new energy for the brand as kind of a cornerstone of the brand transformation sure. that we were trying to drive. Um, so so that's that's what that's one thing. I think that um, you know, the the chal- the challenge is 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 that you know, as you talked about, brand is everything. It's culture as well as product. Yes. And you, need, you know, it, we've had this strategy around make it cool, make it relevant, and, and then innovate. You know, typically you'd innovate first and then you'd make that cool. But yes. But we haven't had the luxury of the investment to be able to do that. So we've really had to sort of look at what we've got and really unearth the gems that lay within Kodak as a story and bring that, bring that and use that as our platform. To Fantastic. kind of reinvent the brand. Brilliant. Okay, uh, and I think that tees me up quite nicely to the second question I'm going to ask you. So I'm, I'm trying to work, I've got so many questions coming around my mind. I'm trying to get the most logical order for the <laughs> listeners. So uh, you mentioned about the limited budget and something that actually is jumping out to me um, is you know, many of the listeners won't perhaps have the budget of a Kodak, even when you say a limited budget, they will have a much lower budget. In that kind of situation, where, where do you start? If you know that you need to you know, refresh your brand and move forwards, where, where do you start with that? Well, I think you have to understand what it is that you have that's unique. So you have to understand. So what? So 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 the journey we went on was to look back to our founders who had you know, incredibly. He was incredibly modern. I mean, sure. he got on a boat and sailed in the eighteen hundreds and sailed to the UK to file his patents. He, you know, he invented, you know, c- consumer. Photography, basically. So, so we, or we, you know, stories. Story is key. Like, sure. It's absolutely key. So, what I would say is, kind of, I'd understand what it is that you've got, basically, and and sometimes that just requires a bit of reflection. You don't necessarily need to spend a ton on researchers or yes. agencies to do that for you. 
Um, and then I would, and then, you know, the way that, that we work is we, we work, you know, once we, we've identified that narrative, I have an in-house team um, who know, know the brand in, in and out. They've developed that brand narrative over the last three or four years. They're much more cost effective than kind of constant iterations with an external agency. Sure. Um, so I think that there's a, there's a real argument for bringing, you know, a fair amount in-house. Um, and then I would say there are a lot of really talented young people working in um, media and film who could, who can direct content and shoot do shoots for you that don't necessarily require you going through a bigger agency. And sure. For me, one of the things I've been really passionate about as a woman in the creative industries um, is in supporting young female mm. creative talent. And we've been doing it. So we work a lot with young, talented photographers and directors who have now, you know, in the time, even in the four years I've been working with them, some of them are now quite, you know, commanding quite big day rates. Whereas Fantastic. when we first met them, they would pretty much, you know, they would work for, for with us you know, for, for a budget, but it was kind of low mm. compared to what uh, you'd pay an agency. And that is something that I did want to touch on. I was actually going to leave it as the last question, but I'll bring it, but I'll bring it <laughs> I now. I brought it in which already. You, you brought it in already, <laughs> which is um, the fact that, you know, and it's, it's shameful as a society that this is something that is perhaps out of the ordinary, but a female doing so well in the corporate world. Um, how has that journey been for you? Yeah, you know, it's such a good question. I think there's a lot of energy around that 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 theme at the moment. Mm. Um, um, we certainly had a. a, a, a I, I think it's much. It's because there's so much energy and so much scrutiny now. It's easier now than it was. Yes. When I was coming up through the ranks, I think I was exposed to some pretty n- you know nasty. I've I've had everything in my in my during my career. Um, at times where I felt like you're in the room and you're saying. Some, you throw an idea out and it gets ignored because you you know and then two minutes later someone else says your idea and you're like well, that's actually what I just said sure um, and so that you and, and then and that's that's the lightest end of it so I've had some other things that have been much more you know just not just not very nice and mm. and, and and you you do, you do end up feeling sometimes um, well, intimidated and all those kinds of things but 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 I think it's easier now. And I think that women are nicer to each other in the work environment nowadays than they were maybe 10, 15 years ago when I first started. That's not, that's a blanket statement. So sure. I think that um, they, they used to be kind of like the man woman or and then the sort of attractive woman and you had to play one or other yes. to be successful. And I think that's less of the case now. But actually um, we know now it's about being yourself. It's about, well, I've always been myself, which <coughs> is probably why I've kind of been successful because I've quietly stuck to my own morals, been myself, you know, um, and I've had some, I've had the support of some great female leaders during my career. Um, so I had one boss who, um, who recruited me actually into PricewaterhouseCoopers and she said to me, oh, my, 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 my thing is that I always recruit someone I think that will go further than me, which was a great piece Fantastic. of advice that I've held, held clear. Um, and 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 then I think um, I, I had another I had another boss who I was really nervous about saying oh, I'm pregnant because she'd been waiting for ages for marketing mm. support and at that time I was tall and slim and covered it for about five months and then thought I'm going to have to fess up and she was amazing she I was she you know I was dreading the conversation she turned around and said to me well, do you know what I think everyone should. Uh, have a child because if you can negotiate with a two-year-old you can negotiate with anyone <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, <and> let, no. <laughs> let's be honest it's, it's what we're here for as well isn't it it's um forget all of this business stuff it's <laughs> it's about the next generation so um i guess the last question for me before we go into our rapid fire questions was you you t- 
touched on Instagram and 450,000 followers, yes. which is great going. What, what was the secret sauce behind that? Uh, well, do you know, we didn't even have an Instagram channel when I joined. I could imagine. Um, and I couldn't believe that Kodak didn't have an Instagram channel. Um, and so one of the first things we did was was, was set that up. Sure. Um, and I think we talked, touched on it, and it's about passions. And so we we, we, we are very... Um, we, we, we've done a whole hero- series of things, but giving... Um, artists and photographers the platform to share their work um, so we did a lot of takeovers in at the beginning we still do them um, and um, yeah and and, you know, and we, we just we, we've just slowly been growing that and and what I love about our channel is that it's highly engaged so we ha- you know you some people might have a million or two million or ten million but if you look at this the feeds the comments and the mm. engagement is really low and for me I could pick and you know I, I challenge you now we'll pick one there's at, usually at least five to ten thousand likes sure on any one of the images that's posted to our channel and I think that that's because we've been very specific about being authentic and that to me is really important authenticity is key to mm. success in any kind of marketing so you've built the um the perceived relationship between the the viewer who's just sw- swiping down their news feed and the brand yeah exactly and and we've but we've also we also reach out to the community of people who are passionate about analog and are passionate about the things that we m- manufacture which is basically film um and we involve them in our community and so Fantastic. we give them a platform and we've also um been publishing a quarterly magazine called um Kodachrome magazine and, and when that features it's the, the title is art uh, um film and analog culture and and i think it's that people are interested in that from a cultural perspective mm. and so we've kind of really we've integrated all of that into um into our instagram channel and brilliant I, I love the channel it's also very diverse so we've got you know, photographers from all over the world, you know, sharing their images on our platform, which I think is is great. Fantastic. Well, you're going to get a follow from me later on <laughs> because um, I love seeing it when brands kill it on Instagram. And there's very few who are actually doing it really, really well, isn't there? Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think, you know, it's, it, there's a real fine balance for me between kind of the commercial aspects. And so lots of brands mm. are looking to drive sales through that channel. But actually, um, community is key. For me, it is. In, certainly in the context of this role at this point in time, um, most of our community do buy film. Um, so they are buying our product, um, but, but they're, they're very passionate about analogue photography. Fantastic. So I'm going to move on to the rapid fire questions now, and you know what's coming up. So, um, so Danny has listened to a couple of episodes before, so I'm hoping she's done her homework. Um, so the first one is the mastermind group. Um, I'm sure you've heard this question before of finding three people, and we can't get away with just one or ten. Um, we need three people that you would have sat around a mastermind group with you, um, dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional. Um, Jim Morrison. Okay. Um, uh, Einstein and um, Dante Gabriel Rossetti. Fantastic. <laughs> Next one. Uh, what do you do to get away from the pressures of work? Uh, I so I have a dog. Okay. Um, and I run, um, and I spin. Um, mostly it's kind of like so I, a lot I, of exercise. A lot of exercise, but also, do you know what? I love my garden. I'm a passionate gardener. So, like in an alternate reality, I'd have been a garden designer. So I'd spend a lot of time designing new garden borders and things. I spend a lot of time in the garden. That's a lot of time outside in the countryside, and preferably when I can, I get to see. Fantastic. I, I was going to say, uh, being <laughs> someone el- someone else who um, lived by the water and now um, lives in the countryside, would you rather be by the water, or are you happy with the green space? Do you know what I? Really really miss the sea. I miss the 180 degree 
vista that you get. I miss the, I just miss being in the sea and watching the sea. I think I love the countryside, which is for me a great balance because unfortunately. In the UK, we don't have any. We're not like Sydney. We don't have any cities or Barcelona by the sea. Sure. Um, but yeah, so the the it, the countryside's the next best thing for me. Fantastic. Um, what book is the book that you've recommended to most people? Oh, that, you know, I knew you were going to ask me this. Such a good question. I love I love books. I think. Um, It's like there's old books and new books. That's the problem. I, I think um, uh, the Famished Road by Ben Oakley or Oakley um, was one of my one of my favourite books. It's about um, and then also any book by Gabriela Garcia Marquez. I kind of interested in that spiritual realism, so sure. real life described, but in a fantasy world. If that makes sense. So both Fan- good, good books, but books that I read ages ago. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, what's the one bit of advice that you'd give to the eighteen year old self? <laughs> buy shares in Amazon. <laughs> Excellent. I, 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 can't, I can't answer better than that, can I? Um, I really would have. I wish I had. Excellent. And the next one is, what's the best bit of advice that you've received along the way? I, I think, you know, my dad, I said it at the beginning, yes. pin your colours to the mask. I think you've got to, you know, you, you, it's tough out there and mm. you've got to be really focused and you've got to, like, want something. And, and and then go for it and and you know but also be kind to people sure you know that was my mum my mum was the kindest person ever and and I think that that's important too fantastic um what's the best thing that you've bought over the last six months that's made the biggest impact on your life oh best thing that I've bought mm. um oh I don't know that's a really difficult one I do you know the best thing? I took my son on safari, my youngest okay. son on safari, and and so for me, the experience of travelling with him for sort of you know two weeks on our own, and 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 I also taught him to dive, which I'm passionate Fantastic. about. So that for me is the best thing I bought. I mean, it's not it's a holiday, I suppose. But it's experiences. <laughs> yeah. It's experiences. Yes. Fantastic. So the last question is: um, Where can the listeners find out more about you and the social channels? Yeah, so um, Kodak is at Kodak. Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, I am at Danny underscore Atkins on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Danny Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got my handle before it was a thing. Um, yeah, and that's it. And then obviously, our, you know, our website. But I'm, I'm very happy to, um, and I'm on LinkedIn, so people can direct message me. I'm, I'm pretty responsive usually because I'm, I'm an inherently curious person, so I love to hear other people's stories. Fantastic. Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.